0: Episode 201 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Running one of the largest school districts in the country is obviously a big responsibility. Add to it the impact of a pandemic, and it becomes quite a complicated challenge, The schools and the business community are linked in many different ways, and we saw that amplified after COVID-19 hit. If kids aren't in school, parents may not be able to go to their jobs. Wichita's superintendent of schools, Alicia Thompson, joins me for episode 201 to talk about how her last year has gone and how the district is preparing to move forward. First, let me give you an update on the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal, Wichita's seeing more reason to be optimistic about the local economy. Orders for commercial aircraft are coming back. That means work for Wichita's Spirit Aerosystems and its hundreds of suppliers in south-central Kansas. This week, Aerospace Reporter Daniel McCoy takes a look at the positive signs. Our coverage begins on page 14. This week's special report on business at our neighbor to the north, Newton. The town has welcomed a new kind of business. Kemp. That report begins on page 10. This week's list, Wichita area residential mortgage lenders, lots of activity over the past couple of years. Take a look on page six. Our job is to provide you business intelligence you can use to grow your business. Every week we publish our leads section, bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations who owes back taxes, court judgments, our leads section in the back of the book this week. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Well, Dr. Alicia Thompson has been superintendent of the Wichita Public Schools since July 1st of 2017. She grew up in Wichita, went to Carter Elementary, Chisholm Trail Elementary, Brooks Middle School, and she graduated from Heights High School. She's one of those proud Falcons. Uh, Dr. Thompson, welcome to the podcast. Where did you study for your higher education?
1: Actually, I attended um, Langston University, which is a historically Black college um, in Oklahoma. Uh, And then from there, I graduated from there with a, a degree in elementary education with a um, minor in early childhood and then I came to Wichita and then I started right away and went to at the time it was it was Kansas Newman University but Newman University back in the day and uh, I attended there for my master's degree which is curriculum and instruction and assessment design and so I received a master's there and then I went on to Wichita State for all of my higher levels. So I went there to get a building level certification to be a principal. And then I did a uh, district level license to work in staff development. And then I ended up uh, going there also for my doctoral program. Why did,
0: why did you choose Langston and how did you enjoy being at that university?
1: Well, I actually, my, my mother is a graduate of Langston University. Okay. And so I, I attended their homecoming program. You know, It was a weekend long full of homecoming activities and the band and all the excitement that happens with that. And so I, as a kid, I always grew up and said, when I go to college, that's where I want to go to school.
0: <laughs> so you were a legacy. That's for sure.
1: That is correct. And my daughter actually graduates in May from Langston.
0: Oh, great. Congratulations. Yes. That's great. Well, uh, tell us about your career path. We've, we've heard about your education. Talk about your career path and getting into, getting into education.
1: Yeah. You know, my mom was a teacher in the Wichita Public Schools and my aunt was as well. So I grew up in the schools, washing the chalkboards off and just hanging around with all the teachers. And so I, it kind of just became natural for me. Um, that at one point, I thought I wanted to be uh, I, I, and work in the hospitals where maybe a nurse or something to that effect. But then I actually went to college and I started that path and then I saw blood and I thought, Ooh, no, not so much. <laughs> so it's then not for everybody, really, is it? No, it is not. So then I thought, well, you know what, I'm gonna go back to what I really uh, you know, knew that was part of who I was growing up as a kid and that kind of thing. So I, I ended up uh, going to school to be, become a teacher. And then I I actually, like I said, I was recruited lots of different places, but it was kind of a heavy, press for us to come back to Wichita to teach which I'm so glad that I did and I came back to Wichita to teach I actually did my student teaching here as well even as a student at Langston they they allowed me to come back and do my student teaching here at at, at Chisholm Trail Elementary School as a matter of fact and uh, then I went on and I became a uh, an assistant principal Um, a persistent principal I was a principal and then I actually was they they saw something in me about growing teachers. So I ended up going to uh, downtown and I worked in staff development. I I, I was the director of staff development for elementary, middle and high school uh, folks. And then I ended up uh, going and uh, from there, I became the assistant superintendent of elementary schools. So I supervised 60 elementary schools at the time. And then from there um, I interviewed and was selected as the proud superintendent of Wichita Public Schools in 2017.
0: Take us back to more than a year ago. When did you first realize the pandemic was gonna be more than just a disruption? And what were the first decisions you had to make?
1: Yeah, I remember it pretty vividly. Uh, You know, we were on our way to spring break actually, and we were excited because we were all gonna get a break. Right. (laughs) And then we get a call that says that we needed to pay attention because there was some something going on that could impact us. And it was kind of maybe that Thursday or Friday or so before spring break. And I remember Wendy Johnson coming to us and saying, you guys, there's something that's going on. We need to be paying attention. Then all of a sudden, the next day, we get this, we get this announcement that the governor is about to make an announcement. The governor gets on and she shuts the school districts down. And so uh, immediately we went into... Uh, to, to, I I call it panic mode at first, but as a leader, you know, you can't panic long. You got to settle down and start leading the charge. And some of those decisions earlier on um, pretty significant was, you know, we had to feed kids still. we had to make sure that kids had food to eat. And then we still were responsible for educating those students in some form or fashion. So those were the two major decisions that we needed to make. And the, and the thing that was really complex for us is because we didn't have technology nor did we have internet access in the homes of our children let alone a device so it was very difficult for us that first uh the first you know couple of months trying to figure out and to scramble to figure out how to make all that happen and then to feed 50,000 students well of course not all of them would eat but we have a large portion of our children that depend upon us every day for food. And how do we transform from having food that you are able to serve on the campus to then having to get enough food in to be able to feed children in a remote type of setting? So those were two huge components uh, that had us uh, really scrambling. Uh, it was, the blessing was is that we had that week of spring break to kind of get our feet grounded and to get moving.
0: That had to be a very tough situation with the technology component, because yes. as many kids as you have in the district, there are probably a fair amount of them who may not have Internet connection at home. So, How do you overcome something like that?
1: Yeah, well, we, we I just have a great team and a great board of education and a bunch of good teachers in the school district that rallied together to make that happen. So we immediately began to take a poll of our families who had technology, who did not have technology. And we found out very quickly that many of our students did not have technology. Even if they had access to a phone, they still didn't have access to to internet. So that did not do us any good. So we immediately began to find the best units that we could and begin to make those orders. The, the thing is, is everybody across the country was also doing the exact same thing. Right. Trying to get that, that technology. So that technology kind of slowed us up quite a bit. But in the meantime, we were working with the local folks on Internet access and getting those uh, boxes available for students and those kinds of things. So it just took up. And then the training of the teachers. Okay, our teachers had not been exposed to teaching on the technology like that. Right. So we had to ramp that up fairly quickly. Um, And so we we had all hands on deck and it took us. Uh, You know, technology didn't come right away. So what we had to do was we had to look at our curriculum, our curriculum department had to literally build units and run them off. Our local uh, vendors helped us with that because we didn't have enough capacity to run that many uh, packets of things to be able to send out. So we started out with those packets. And then as technology became available and we began to, I mean, we had, literally it was A couple days and we were having all the high schools had technology, then all the middle school, then all the high school. So it was just a literally a massive undertaking to be able to do that. And then you get the computers to the homes and then the families don't know how to use them. So then we had to have a major uh, up, you know, to teach the families how to help their kids to get on. And that didn't take too long because the kids get right on and figure it out. But the families needed help. So we had to go through that as well. So, I mean, it was a heavy lift. But I will tell you that we had all hands on deck. Not only was our families and our community helped us. So it was really a big community effort to help us to get that done.
0: Well, the connection between education and the economy became much clearer after the pandemic hit, of course. Instead of having an impact on a few families, it was district-wide. Almost all parents were faced with a difficult decision. How do they keep their kids safe at home, still do their jobs? What were you hearing from parents at the time?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, that that kind of broke my heart. Uh, You know, it it was it was really tough because we had no access to they couldn't come on the campus. And, you know, there was nothing that we could do to help them. Um, So um, what we tried to do was to work with local uh, places like Exploration Place, the YMCA, there was a few churches, uh, the Urban League, who opened their doors for us. So those families that just could not see a way out, we were able to try to connect those families. Uh, the zoo, we had to connect them to those places so that kids had opportunities and families had opportunities to go to work. So again, again I, will ne- I will always say this was a definitely a community effort to try to keep things afloat for our kids and their families as much as we could.
0: And of course you had another group that you have to listen to and consider the staff for whom you're responsible. What were you hearing from staff?
1: That they were afraid. They were afraid. You know, they did not want to be in the building. They did not want kids there. They just wanted to be able to go home. They wanted to teach, but they did not want to do that. uh, at school, or, or you know, or have kids because they were just afraid, and I understood that. And you know, one of our tenets of our strategic plans is to ensure that schools are safe and trusted places. And until we were able to make sure that we were confident that people could come back to a setting and we had it in a in a space where uh, we could keep them safe, uh, we tried to honor honor that. Um, you know, when you talk about HBA systems and units and you're talking about hand sanitizers and you're talking, I mean, you know, masks and all the PPE that was needed right. uh, to be purchased and secured so that they would feel safe. Uh, and once we were able to do those things, you know, people were ready to kind of come come back to some degree and, and, and get busy with the kids.
0: You're also on the yeah. uh, Chamber of Commerce board. Uh, did you hear from business leaders and what were they telling you? What was their input?
1: Yeah, the business leaders were saying, what can we do? Because we need our employees at work, you know. Uh, and so, again, you got all these forces. You got teachers afraid. You got parents who got to go to work. You want employee, you know, and business leaders who want their people at work. Uh, and it was just a big tug all the way around. Um, but the business leaders, um, you know, they were very gentle and kind with me. Um, they worked with me. They problem solved with me. And when the fall came, we ens- we they helped me to ensure that we were able to at least bring those elementary babies back because that those children can't stay at home, you see. Right. So we wanted to make sure if we did anything that we were able to space the kids out at the elementary level out enough and smaller enough, smaller classes enough so that we could get our teachers so that they would still feel safe and that we were still able to bring kids back to school in a safe manner um, so that parents can go to work
0: i have to ask you Mm -hmm. was everybody nice and respectful
1: sometimes (laughs) (laughs) for the most part most people were understanding and they and they tried and you know To be honest, I do understand. I mean, when you're talking about your job and you're losing your job and you're trying to take care of your family, you know, that brings panic. And we had to work. We had to figure out a way, you know, when people want their business were closing because they couldn't get their employees to come to work. That's that's a heavy lift for folks. And so I understood uh, and I understood the frustrations and I understood, but well, all I will continue to say is that everybody pulled together as a unit, and that's why we were able to be as successful as we could be in the middle of a pandemic, because everybody let their frustrations out. Then we got busy and got to work and, and solve the problems.
0: Of course, we all talk about this being a once-in-a-lifetime type of an event, but is there something in your background or your education, your experience that helped you prepare for a situation like this and handling a situation like this?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> right. I had, you know, who would who would think that I would be making decisions about this kind of a thing that, that it impacted so many people and organ, you know, businesses, families, you know, community, you know, and a lot of those decisions were left up to the local board of education and right. to make those decisions, unfortunately. Um, so uh, I'm just one that when challenges come my way, I lean into uh, resources around me. I do a lot of listening, I look at a lot of data, and then we move forward.
0: I've asked you about the uh, the challenges that you've had. Technology was certainly one of them. Since I asked you about the biggest challenge, I also want to ask you about the most satisfying, positive thing that that you feel like has happened in the in the past year.
1: Yeah, we've learned a lot about ourselves uh, in this pandemic. Um, we learned that the Wichita Public Schools is strong. Uh, we're resilient people inside that organization and that there is nothing that we can't do uh, for our kids and for our community. So we did learn that. One other thing that I was very, very proud of is even though we learned so much even about the health part of this uh, pandemic, we, we we are educators, not necessarily health providers, but we, we stood up. Uh, several um, testing, uh, we did testing. We tested our employees, we tested kids, we we tested all kinds, you know, bus drivers and everybody. And not only did we test them, now we vaccinate them. So we opened up, we stood up vaccination sites and things of that nature. And so we just have learned a lot about ourselves. One other thing that I, I can tell you that really stood out to me was our kids. You know, kids are more resilient than what we think. Uh, and so I learned that, we you know, sometimes we kind of say we, we, we kind of baby them a little bit and we try to protect them from things or whatever. But what I can tell you is they're going to come out stronger on the other side, too.
0: And of course, during all this, uh, you're busy trying to get things going. And there is a national discussion going on about racial justice. How did you handle that? Along with all the other things you were, you were trying to deal with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it that kind of was another kind of a heavier lift, you know, right. um, because our kids were at home. A lot of them, a lot of them were at school, but what we had to do is we had to then again, go back and equip folks and talk about what this means for us and how do we support our students and our families during this particular time. And again, our teachers, our students, just everyone was resilient um, in helping do that. We are actually still continuing a lot of that work with our cultural proficiency and our equity and accountability uh, division within our school district. And um, uh, it's interesting because a lot of the staff faculty meetings that were held virtually and things of that nature, you would see a lot of that beginning to start to start happening and it is continuing on. And so because of that, we know that as we have collected data from our staff and students uh, and parents, this is something that they would like for us to continue to continue to have those conversations about inclusiveness and belonging. And we will we will definitely, um, continue to keep that work moving
0: forward. Yeah, it looks like the pandemic may be coming, you know, fingers crossed, it may be coming to an end. More people are vaccinated. It looks like cases are going down. But as you say, that conversation can't end. It needs to go on. And uh, do you feel optimistic that, that Wichita will continue the, the discussion and the conversation?
1: I do. Um, I will tell you the chamber has also been very instrumental in a lot of the equity and inclusion and belonging kinds of conversations. I know that Wichita State University has a lot of resources that we've dug into and participated in as well around their uh, diversity and inclusion. And so I just think that the leaders in this community really do want to embrace this work. Uh, It's not just the school district. And so that gives me hope for our community that we really do want to be inclusive and we want people to feel like they belong in this community.
0: A big part of that conversation and effort is actually education, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. It is. And it's just about being open and being honest about yourself and not judging because we're all in different spaces along the continuum of cultural proficiency. And um, we all have work. Uh, to do in those areas and if we just communicate with each other and seek to understand each other I think we'll we'll be just fine.
0: Well how are you preparing for this school year to end and for the next one to begin?
1: Well they all just kind of blend together for us that's how it works (laughs) but we are we we have about maybe 37 so days left so we will continue to um, vaccinate, we will continue to educate our families on now that there may be some vaccination for our 16-year-olds and up. So we'll do educating there. And then we will prepare ourselves in case, you know for educating our families for the little beginner honeys that may have the opportunity to get a vaccine at that time, at the time as well. So we'll do some educating as we continue to finish out as it relates to COVID. We will not come back the same, of course, because our kids have a taste of technology, of course. So they're not going to want to go back to what we've had before. So we'll come back in a better space. We've done a lot of preparation about that blended learning and what that looks like in classrooms. And teachers are already uh, experimenting and exploring that because now that our kids are all back, uh, the ones who parents who want them back at all of our levels. And so. Teachers are exploring all of those kinds of things, and we'll have lots of training and professional opportunities this summer. summer. Also, we're gearing up for our massive summer school program. So, you know, we have those ESSER dollars that we have um, from the federal government, and we are spending a lot of our money um, this summer on summer school. So we will have lots of, uh, we looked at our data, of course, everything is geared around our data, around literacy. We have some algebra things going on, numeracy. Um, We actually um, will have some things for uh, kids who uh, are taking government. I mean, all the things you think about, want to think about, we have options that, and and it's all aligned to some of the loss that we were seeing in some of our areas. We will be addressing those this summer and and we'll be doing that probably for the next couple of summers. There will be some uh, summer programming offerings uh, for helping to close gaps for the summer. And then as we prepare for the fall, there are a lot of um, things that we need to prepare for there, whether or not we're wearing masks anymore. I mean, you know, all those things we talked about before to get us ready, a lot of those things we will probably continue. I don't know about the masks, but I do know the cleaning regimens. we found those to be helpful even for the flu season. So you we'll bet. continue to do some of those things. Um, when you talk about Um, Our technology, will continue to use some of those. We also will have lots of our HVAC units. We'll continue to do those because all of those things are things that we learned over the pandemic that, man, that's good for a lot of other things. And we hope that that will help with our chronic absenteeism rates, uh, attendance for staff. All of those things will help us to be healthier in our environments as we continue to move forward.
0: Lots of challenges, lots of lessons learned. It's been a busy year for you, and you're still busy, but we appreciate you spending some time with us on the podcast this week. We really appreciate it. Wichita School District Superintendent, Dr. Alicia Thompson, thank you. We wish you luck, and hopefully we can check back in with you later on this year.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 201. Check out all our podcast episodes at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It's at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. BizTalk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.